Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematizing is not about mimicking or rote memorizing, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. That math class can be less like it has been for so many of us and more like mathematicians working together. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? Last week, we introduced the idea that there are a variety of perspectives we bring to the math classroom as teachers and learners. And in today's episode, we're going to begin parsing out one of those three perspectives. As you listen, guys, we'd invite you to consider, was this my point of view growing up? Is this my frame of reference today? So both, right? We want you to be clear yeah. um, that it's it's what you sort of thought about math as a kid. And then and is that still the same way that you're thinking about it today? And to be clear, we're not actually advocating any of these perspectives. Right. We are advocating that we all recognize what we might have been influenced to think and now make a choice to teach and do real mathematics. So this episode is all about the perspective we call the X perspective. X like the variable X, like the letter X, the X perspective. These are the people that when their teacher said, all right, class, today we're going to learn how to add big numbers. And so like, I don't know, like 37 plus 99 and the way you line them up and they, they had you line them up vertically. And they then said, now don't pay attention to the 90 and the 30 in that 99 plus 37, just pay attention to the nine and the seven, the sort of the small numbers. And um, they taught you all the steps and they just like (laughs) do everything with digits and all the things that when all that was happening, the X perspective kids were kind of like, okay, I mean, I guess you could do all that work for other problems, but (laughs) for this problem, you don't need to do that. Right. Like you you kind of looked around and everybody like, we're all in on this, this joke here, because you could do all those steps for a problem like 99 plus 37, but, but nobody is right there. You, the X perspective kids were thinking to themselves 99, 100. And so 99 plus 37 became 100 plus what's left over 36. And they were like, just kind of chuckling. And of course, the rest of everybody is thinking that too, right? It's yeah. almost like you kind of like, like yucking it up a little bit, like kind of elbowing the person next to you, right? <laughs> like you're kind of looking at what the teacher's doing and thinking, I mean, you can do all that work, but not for that problem. And the rest of us 
were looking at you like, uh, no. Like the rest of us were just dutifully following what the teacher did. But the X perspective that we're going to focus on today did stuff in your heads to think about that problem and thought the rest of us were too. So Kim, you relate to this perspective, right? All right. So tell us about what you were thinking as a student. Go. Oh, go. Okay. So uh, as a student, there were a lot of opportunities in that scenario that you just described where I would look at the problem and kind of mess around a little bit, right? Like it depended on the numbers. Um, But I can remember specifically um, something that happened a lot for me in like, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade. And I did at the time a lot of what you and I kind of call um, like a rolling accumulation of, of amounts, maybe kind of place mm-hmm. value And I um, would do that a lot. And then I would put all the marks back on my page because I was supposed to, I'm air quoting, I was supposed <laughs> to. And I remember um, sometimes my dad and I would talk about her. He'd sit next to me while I was working on assignments. And he would be so annoyed because he thought a lot about numbers like I did. And he would say, why in the world are you putting that up there? That's not exactly how you were thinking about it. And I, I just I wanted it to look right. And so I did. <laughs> so tell us more. Like, what, what do you mean you didn't need the marks? Like, what marks are you talking about? Okay. So like you gave the problem uh, 99 plus 37. But <clears throat> so maybe like for a problem... Uh, 56 plus 78. Um, I would a lot of times start from uh, the biggest amount, right? So from left to right. And if the problem was 56 plus 78, I would think about the 50 and the 70, and I would call that 120. And then I would look at what's left and I would say, okay, I have the six and the eight left. So uh, I would have 120 and then I'd maybe add the eight to get um, 128. And then I have the six left from the 56. And so I would say I have 128 and six is just 130, 134. And I would just keep adding on pieces to the total amount that I have. And I did a lot of that when I was younger. I would add a lot of left to right until I had some more sophisticated, excuse me, strategies. Um, but, But I wanted my paper to look the way that it was supposed to. And so instead of recording chunks along the way, then I would record the little tally marks at the top of the numbers that would show the way that it was supposed to be shown. The, the, the way the teacher had showed you. Yeah. So, so you're using that rolling accumulation strategy yeah. to add up all the numbers, right. but then you were a little bit annoyed, or at least your dad was, yeah. that you had to put in the carry or now we call regrouping marks in order to get credit. Yeah. Kim, I can't believe you did that. Well, it mattered. Credit mattered to me, right? And so if my teacher said, this is the way, and I loved my teacher and I wanted to please her. And so if she said, this is the way that it was supposed to be done, then I would do the things in my head, but then my paper would look correct. (laughs) Yeah. So as a kid, math um, just kind of made sense to me. I did a lot of, um, oh man, Pam, you should have known me. I counted all the things all the time, like lots of counting and um, lots of generalizations. Like I thought a lot about um, problems and kind of categorize them. And so my dad and brother also had an X perspective and and it wasn't weird. We, We talked about math all the time. And really, I assumed that lots and lots and lots of people did that. 
And we would talk about math all the time in our house. My dad would would constantly be asking us questions. And so it was just kind of a thing in my world. So you guys, your dad and your brother, you saw through the rote procedures and you used relationships. You played with numbers. And then when the teachers showed you an algorithm, then you tried to make sense of it or, or you made sense of the problem at least. And then then you decided to put the marks back in to get, I did. I did. Yep. So X perspective sort of does that. They kind of, they make sense of what's happening. Let me give you an example from my life. And this is in a huge way, how you and I got to know each other because um, I started on this, this journey of learning what my kids were doing. Right. So my first kid, his name's Cameron, it's our oldest son. Um, he uh, totally has this X perspective and it was fascinating to me because it was so beyond what I had ever Uh, I just didn't even know it existed. And so I just watching him kind of do what he did. Let me give you an example. He came home from first grade with a paper and it was subtraction with regrouping, which means for everybody who doesn't teach elementary right now, it's it's what we used to call carrying or borrowing. Uh, And so it was problems where you couldn't just subtract by place value. You had to uh, do some borrowing or carrying in order to subtract. Um, And so he came home with his paper, subtraction through grouping. And I said, hey, uh, all I see are answers. Like, I don't see any crossy outies, little ones. (laughs) You know, if there there were a lot of zeros on the paper, you should have some nines showing up, right? And I'm like, dude, you know, like, are you cheating? And he goes, no, no. I just, I I, I didn't really understand what my teacher was talking about. So I made up my own way. Nice. Kim, I was like. (laughs) That is not a thing. Like, what are you doing? I had no idea. I said, show me what you're, tell me what you're talking about. And so he did. Y'all, my numeracy was so bad in that moment. I went off to the side, did a little algebra to make sure his method would work every time. It would. I, it, I was so floored. It was so not my perspective. I had no, no idea what to do with it. I kind of put it on a shelf. I sort of set it aside. I had four kids. I had lots to do. Lots of was going on in my life right then. I just kind of ignored it. I was like, he's getting grades, whatever, move on. And so he just continued through first grade. First grade ends. Second grade comes along. He brings home a paper, subtraction with regrouping. I'm like, dude, did you tell your teacher how you did the subtraction last year? And he looks at me straight in the eye and he goes, nah, I couldn't really remember what I did last year. So I made up a new way. (laughs) Again, like so floored. I was like, seriously. He told me what he did. I'm like, tell me, explain that. He explained it. I did some algebra off to the side to make sure it would work every time. It would. It was a good general solution. So fascinating to me that he would just, A, know that it was a thing that he could make sense of the math and come up with his own way to do it. And B, it was general enough that it would work every time. Uh, I was just fascinated with this. And and he wasn't bothered at all that um, he, he, he didn't, wasn't bothered by the marks, but he also, (laughs) but he also wasn't bothered that he had to sort of mimic the teacher. He's like, no, I'm I'm good. As long as I understand what's going on. Um, He was definitely not as teacher pleaser uh, as you were, um, which is totally okay. That's his personality a little bit. Um, Either way, right. That, that it's not that part that matters. What matters is that you, both of you had this, this perspective that math is figure outable and that you could use relationships to figure it out. And I I thought that was so cool. And I'm so grateful that God gave him to me. Um, One other little bit I'd like to talk about with this perspective is uh, when I taught in Michigan. So I taught high school, a former high school teacher, Uh, I taught in in Michigan, had a wonderful experience, worked with some really great people. Um, We had a math hall. So everybody that taught math was in the same hallway. We called it the math hall. We often talked about things, you know, well, in the math hall, whatever. Um, It was was me and eight men. 
uh, was <laughs> the math department of the school. And uh, it was wonderful. Uh, again, I really respect and, and uh, like them personally. We had different perspectives on teaching math. And it was fascinating because as we would talk, uh, they would say things like, oh, if they don't, if they don't want to be in this hall, let's just not even make them, let's just not even make them come in this hall. Like oh. if they're not interested in math, like they were, they really thought that they could let these freshmen, uh, sophomore kids, like make these decisions. I was like, I don't know. I think they need some math. Like I would probably make them take some math classes. Yeah. Not make, not force, but you know, like the, I, I think that it created desire think, in them to want to be let's there. Create the desire. Yeah. Let's like, let's help them be successful. I was aware even then with my um, Z perspective, I was aware that, that math is such a gatekeeper and yeah. I wanted kids to have the ability to, to make choices and do what they wanted to do. So I wanted them to be successful as, as long as they could in a subject that I enjoyed, right? That I, I liked, I like math. And, um, and so I wanted to, I wanted to help. And it, it didn't make sense to me why they would, uh, why they, they definitely had this perspective. Um, and we really haven't talked about it too much. So let me bring it in now. Part of the X perspective isn't just that you made sense of the math, but part of the X perspective is that you think that others can too, yeah. that others will see through the procedures. They'll see through the steps. They'll make sense of it on their own. Yep. Or maybe they just don't have the, the math gene. Yeah. That's the part of the X perspective that we don't like, right? right? That right. this, this idea that we're that thinking that, Oh, I'm doing this. And so is everyone. Or I guess if you're not, then I don't know why you're not. Cause it's, it, it works for me. Like you, you, uh, the teacher showing you the steps sort of, um, quote unquote worked for you, but it didn't really, right? But you think it did. And so uh it, that that part of that X perspective could be that you think, oh, well, I'm just gonna teach the way I was taught because it'll work for kids who have the math gene. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might have had some of those uh teacher friends of yours in high school. Um it was, it was <laughs> they were your really, math teachers. Yeah. It it was really um I don't want to say easy. It was really a, a connection that I was able to make on my own for a lot, a lot of years, people would say things and I was able to, to draw relationships on my own and make connections on my own. Um, so I hit this point in my career where I didn't have a guide, right? Like I wanted to make sense of things and I wanted it to be connected to what I already knew, but there wasn't somebody there helping me make those connections anymore. And so, um, once it became about just memorizing a bunch of stuff and that's when I decided I was done, it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> and it was high school. There were guys. Yeah, you were true. You were distracted. You were a little distracted. I remember yeah. you telling me that once. You're like, and there were other things for me to be interested right. in, like guys. At that boy, <laughs> that's totally cool. So uh, I'm a teacher educator, and as such, I work with a lot of uh, people that relate to this X perspective, um, especially at the secondary level. These are well-meaning teachers who just keep teaching the way they were taught because it worked for them. My goal when I work with people with an X perspective is to help them understand a few things. So one, help them understand it actually didn't work all that well for them. Right. They could have gone much further, deeper, and faster if someone was actively helping them. Yeah. And two, that just because others didn't pick up on it, they didn't pick up on it on their own, they didn't sort of see behind the, the see, read between the lines, see behind the scenes, doesn't mean that they can't. It doesn't mean that they don't have the math gene. They absolutely can. The rest of us can mathematize. Just don't get them lost in all those rules and procedures. Instead, help them build the relationships. Don't, don't expect people to build the relationships on their own. Like you said, be yeah. a guide yeah. to help them connect with what they already know and build those relationships. 
And then three, a really important way to build relationships, to help others make those, those uh, connections in their brain is to talk about and make visible about what's happening in your brain. Right. So sharing with others, your process is so important, but you have to also make that thinking visible with models. And that's a necessity. Those models are a visual way of putting your brain on paper so that, or on the whiteboard so that all of us can see what's happening. Now we can all comment on the relationships because we can see them, because we can, we can, uh, we can make sense of them. We can all sort of parse out what's happening because you're making it visible. The, the relationships and these models, that's what mathematicians do in their heads. It, it's fascinating to me that when people some, sometimes will balk what is this? What is this thing you're making my kid do with an open number line or an open array or whatever? But the relationships that we're making visible on those models are actually what mathematicians have going on in their heads. Yes. That's what's happening for them. We're just we're just helping others go. Oh, these are the relationships by making them visible. So, if you relate to this X perspective, three things: one, it didn't actually work all that well for you, and two, because you could have gone much further and, fa- and, fa- and farther and faster. And two, just because others didn't read between the lines doesn't mean that they can't do real mathematics. They can. They just need to know it's a thing. And three, talk about and make your thinking visible. You know, I'll tell you, it is a blast working with people who relate to this perspective. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that ex-perspective growing up because now they are lit up, yes. right? They want to talk about all the math things and they kind of actually get discouraged when nobody can hang with them. So it's, uh, I love talking with them because they like creating others who can hang with them. It re-energizes their teaching. Like Kim, I'm reminded about you and that guy named Clay. Remember? Clay? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I remember that we, um, did a workshop right? And I remember Mm -hmm. you talked about the XYZ perspectives and had everybody in the room, you you described them all and you had us go in the room to where we thought we uh, grew up identifying as. Like a one corner of the room with the X's, one corner of the room with the Z's, one corner with the Y's. Uh Uh And, And there were just a few of us in the room that went to the X perspective corner and we started talking. And I remember just shouting it up, just on just and going, on, going, and going. on and on. And what do you think about it? And what do you do? And what are your quirks? And, and it was a lot of fun for me. I love finding other X perspectives in, in that situation because um, building relationships with other people who are new to numeracy is great, but it's fun to meet other people who have existing connections because we can build off each other and we can wonder about new things. Listen, math is fun to me. It's awesome to find other people who say the same because we do want to talk about the things that are happening in our head. We do want to talk about strategy. We do want to play different games. And um, yeah, that was, I remember finding Clay in that moment and thinking we should have this like professional relationship where we share ideas about things. Yeah, that was a cool workshop. And just to be clear, it's not like when you said you like to work with people who are are, are beginning their journey. 100%. Yeah. But it's also fun for you to go from where you are to like build on from yeah. where you are. And so that's not a beginning. Yeah. That's, uh, that's why it can be fun to talk to people who've already built um, some things. Yeah, that was that was a that was cool. So, Kim, we all want to be you, right? Well, of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Messing around or playing with uh, relationships is a desirable outcome for everyone. For that part. Yeah. Yes. But thinking that there's like a, this math gene and, and people can or can't is not ideal. The thinking that everyone is already messing around with numbers naturally, just because I did or I do, is not ideal. It's not, it's, that's not the perspective we want to have for people. 
Right. We want people to be messing like you did, but not just assume that it's happening with everybody else. We want them to actively promote it to happen. So maybe it's safe to say that we all want to play with numbers and relationships like you do. And we want to actively help it happen in our kids and our students. So if you relate to this X perspective, keep playing, but also talk about your thinking and make your thinking visible to those around you so that they can enjoy math like you do. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to step into the Y and Z perspective and learn a little bit more. If you're not sure which you identify with, you can head over to mathisfigureoutable.com backslash XYZ or check out the show notes and take the quiz. Totally fun quiz that we've created that can help you kind of determine which perspective you thought more about math as a kid, as growing up. Like which one, are you more like an X like like Kim was? Or are you more like a Z like I was? Or like where do you fit? Take our really cool quiz at mathisforgettable.com slash XYZ or we'll have the link in the show notes. We also have a blog series about it so you can read more about it, get more examples and, and all the things. Um, so head on over to there and you can uh, read more and take that super cool quiz. Thanks so much for the five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. We love reading your comments and the ahas that you're having. Yeah. In fact, Kim, here is a five-star review that we got recently. I love it. The subject line is an absolute necessity. Bam. And it reads, this podcast is an absolute necessity to any and all math teachers. This podcast is some of the best PD around exclamation. I love it. Yeah. So it was really cool. Thank you so much for those reviews and ratings that helps others find the podcast. Remember to join us on Wednesday evenings on, at hashtag math strat chat where we throw out a problem and the whole world has a, a, a number talk together where we explore problems and solutions. So everybody, if you're interested to learn more mathematics and you want to help students develop as mathematicians, then the Math is Figure Outable podcast is for you because math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figureoutable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.